0: And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Verse 8. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people, Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And gazing at him, or who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Wow, let's pray, God. There are as there are so many um, lessons in here that we can learn. Um, there are so many truths in here that tell us something about who you are God um, there are also um, things in here that seem intimidating for us or are challenging Um, and so God as we look at this story, this true story from the life of the early church um, as a church body um, in this cultural moment in these modern times seeing and experiencing everything around us and everything that's going on i pray god that you would help us see god i have done my best to be faithful um to, to try to not only understand this passage but um try to communicate it in a way that is clear and that is faithful to your word father i done my best to see what the authorial intent was um and and pulled out some application but god i am limited because i am human and god thank you for just the study and how i've enjoyed it but god i I just pray that there's only so much i can say Um, i cannot bring about understanding in the lives of your people i just can't Um, Only you can do it, God. So I pray that you would take everything we've read, everything we've sung, everything we're about to study from this life of Stephen. um, And may you not just help us understand it, but may you change us um, because of this. Um, And we're looking to you because you're the only one that can bring true change. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen all right so like i said last week after the apostles um, recruited these men to oversee the distribution of food and essential items to the widows um, this is what happened next let's read verse seven again and it says and the word of god continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. The early church faced many challenges in the short time it was in existence, right? but the church endured whatever challenges came her way. As the word of God continued to go viral, as the word of God continued to spread, God was not only adding new disciples to the church, but he was also raising up new leaders in the church. If you remember two weeks ago, we saw um, how the church responded to issues of discrimination by recruiting trusted leaders to handle the issue. Stephen um, was one of the seven leaders chosen for this task now who was Stephen and what did we find out about him last time well we didn't find out an awful lot about him last time but the little we discovered about Stephen spoke volumes about him and who he was he was described um in verse 5 of chapter 6 he was described as a man full of faith and of the holy spirit in other words stephen was spiritually mature and passionate about the mission of god and so our passage for today focuses primarily on stephen we'll get to know stephen a bit better And in doing so, we'll see how the life of Jesus was lived through the life of Stephen and what it means for Jesus' life to be lived through our own life. Last time, we saw how Stephen was one of six leaders chosen to oversee the ministry dedicated to caring for widows in the church. But today, What we discover is that Stephen's ministry was not limited to caring for widows, but he was involved in a lot more. Look at verse eight. It says, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen's been involved in a lot more than was expected of him. In fact, he's become a bit of a rising star in the church. In verse 5, Stephen was described as being full of faith and the Holy Spirit. This verse then describes um, Stephen as being a man full of grace and power. In verse 6, Stephen was recruited with six other men to oversee the church's charitable ministry to widows. Here, he's doing great wonders and signs among the people. And so from all of this, okay, what do we know about Stephen? We learn that he's an outstanding individual, an exceptional leader, and a bold and courageous man who's radically living for Jesus. And it must have been awesome to be part of such an exciting time in the life of the church, man. I, I mean, as I read Acts, I'm very much like I wished I was there to, um, um see. Everything that was going on where God was not only working powerfully through the church, but he was raising up mature and gifted leaders in the church. But we've spent enough time studying the early church to know that whenever things are going well, whenever there's a lot of excitement around this church and everything else going on, It's only a matter of time before they come face to face with a new challenge. Challenges never go away. As soon as they overcome an obstacle, another obstacle appears. And this is what exactly happens next. The church encounters a new obstacle and this time it's in the form of opposition um, against Stephen, look at verse nine. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue—do you see that? Then, right? Stephen's doing all of these awesome miracles, and God is at work in a powerful way through him. And then verse nine says, "Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called." and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilicia and now Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen What is this telling us? It's telling us that not everyone likes seeing Stephen's approval ratings rise Okay, Um, Members of several synagogues known as the Synagogue of the Freedmen became increasingly uncomfortable and frustrated with Stephen. Um, Who were they, who were they? Well, they were Jews, okay, now living in Jerusalem, but were from different places outside of Jerusalem. Some of them were Jews from Cyrene and Alexandria, which were cities located in North Africa, and others were Jews from Cilicia and Asia, provinces in asia minor and um, they were jews but they weren't from jerusalem but they were living in other cities and i was thinking about this and i was like that's a bit like our church <laughs> okay Um, in terms of all of us call san diego home currently But most of us were not born and raised in San Diego. I can think of a few of us that were born and raised in San Diego. I think Jeremy, Nicole, I think so. I think they were. But most of us are transplants, right? Um, And we're from different cities and countries, but are now living in San Diego. Um, And so in the same way, this is kind of the identity of these individuals who confronted Stephen. They were Jews now living in Jerusalem who are from different places outside of Jerusalem. The last part of verse 9 look at it, look at what it says it says that they rose up and disputed with Stephen. What does this mean? Put another way, they form a task force, a coalition kind of thing. Dedicated to debating Stephen in order to silence him. Okay, I'm calling these guys the anti Stephen task force. Okay, they've come together and their goal and purpose is to stop Stephen. But as they debated with Stephen, his arguments and responses proved to be too superior for them. Look at verse 9. Look at what it says there. It says, But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Stephen was on another level. They just couldn't handle the guy. Every argument they put forward, he dismantled. They had no answers for his wisdom and reasoning. Why was this? Okay, of course, Stephen may have been an incredibly talented man, and we see that. Okay, he's talented, he seemed winsome, God was working powerfully in him. But uh, I think that the reason why um, they had no answer for his wisdom and reasoning has to do with what Jesus said when he was alive. Most of you probably remember that when Jesus was alive he told his disciples a lot of things okay but one of the most important things he shared with them was about their future that is What will happen to them when he was no longer with them in person? Um, There's this one time where Jesus told his disciples they'll be given supernatural debating skills, okay? It's found in Luke 21. You guys don't have to turn there. It might come up on the screen, but listen to what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 21, 14 to 15. Settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer for i will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict this is what jesus is telling his disciples okay he warns them that they're going to be persecuted and then he basically says to them hey don't worry about what you're going to say okay when you encounter opposition but I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Sound familiar? It should <laughs> because this is exactly what's happening. And what's powerful about these words Jesus spoke to his disciples before he died is this. It's being fulfilled right here right now through Stephen's encounter with these Jewish religious task force set up against him jesus through his spirit has given stephen a mouth and wisdom so powerful his opponents cannot withstand or contradict it they were no match for stephen at all and so frustrated by their failure to silence stephen they then decide to play dirty look at verse 11 then they secretly instigated men who said we have heard him speak blasphemous words against moses and god all right so you you can see what's happening here they've tried to debate with him in the most respectful and in the most um um you know clear and respectful way but they can't deal with him so they are very much like we're going to pay people we're going to bribe people um to say that stephen has been blasphemous against moses and god they are angry with stephen frustrated by him um they want to do all they can to stop him and silence him and so in this situation they agree The best way to stop Stephen is to recruit false witnesses to bring false charges against him, claiming they heard him say blasphemous things against Moses and even against God himself. And so what happened after these false witnesses spread false accusations against Stephen? Um, Did people believe them? Um, Were they effective in their plan? Look at verse 12. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And so they are successful. Okay, They went around telling everyone that Stephen has been um, blaspheming against God um, and people believed these accusations. And then what happens? It got to the high priests and the leaders and religious leaders and they seized him. Um, Stephen because Stephen is blaspheming and in those days um, if you have been blasphemous in any way it was a serious crime and so as Stephen is brought before the council and he's standing trial for blasphemy look at what happens next in verse 13 and 14 and they set up false witnesses who said this man never ceases to speak against Um, to speak words against his holy place um, and the law 14 for we have heard him um, say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us in a nutshell um, they're accusing um, Stephen of blasphemy Um, in what way by teaching they're saying he's been blasphemous by because he's been teaching um, that jesus will destroy the temple and change the customs that moses delivered to god's people the jews as we look at these accusations the interesting thing um, about them is that they contain some truth first of all if you remember Jesus did say he was going to destroy the temple. You remember that, okay, and secondly, the teachings of Jesus may not have abolished the law of Moses. We know he didn't abolish the law of Moses, but he actually fulfilled it, but it was very different to what um to the to the most popular teachings um in those days the anti-stephen task force this is what they believed the only way our sins can be atoned for they believed and they believed that the only way our sins can be forgiven and the only way sinners can gain access to god is through radical obedience to god through the customs of moses but stephen comes along and teaches what jesus taught and that is The only way to God is not through the law of Moses, but the way to God is by faith in Jesus Christ, who is the son of God. Stephen also told that the temple is not where we encounter God and the law is not what gets us there. But we can encounter God when we encounter Jesus, because Jesus is the image of the invisible God, making him the only way, the truth and the life that gets us to God. Simply put, the message Stephen is proclaiming that was contrary to the popular beliefs of that day was the gospel as we know it. And the gospel is this. You cannot find God within the four walls of a building like the temple But you can only find him when you put your trust in Jesus Christ. And you cannot appease God through your good works, but you can only find peace with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ for you. And so Stephen is teaching what Jesus taught. Jesus is teaching about the life of Jesus, who Jesus was and what he accomplished for us through his life, death, burial and resurrection that was the gospel Stephen boldly proclaimed in the face of opposition in the first century and it's the same gospel you and I are called to proclaim in this cultural moment we're called to proclaim the good news of the gospel no matter how offensive it may be This was the message Stephen went around sharing with everyone and because it was different to everything the devout Jews knew and affirmed, it was highly offensive to them. That's why they accuse him of blasphemy and that's exactly why Stephen is standing before the council, standing trial. And as Stephen stood under the weight of these accusations, several people noticed something peculiar about his appearance. Look at verse 15 again. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what the face of an angel looks like, okay? I've never seen an angel in real life, and I'm sure none of you have. If you have, I'd love, I'd love to have a conversation with you after. I've never seen the face of an angel, but I would say um, the closest face to that of an angel that I have seen it's my wife's face <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys i know it's cheesy okay i know <laughs> i know i know it's cheesy but it's true um, i remember when i first started dating Eleanor and in those days we had msn messenger for all those who are like in your 30s we didn't have iMessage we didn't have whatsapp or group me we had msn messenger and Eleanor's username was Angel777 um, or something like that And I remember she had a picture, her profile picture um, And I loved that picture It's like kind of like a black and white picture And she had her cute smile Cute smile on that picture And I would look at that um, And I would look at her name And I'd be like, man, wow She's just got such an angel face It's just so pleasant to look at Okay, that... <laughs> <laughs> that That is kind of like you know for me, I would say that is how I would describe, and we use that, you know we use oh, he's got an angel face or whatever like that, but um the, the question is what 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 is the author's and so the author of Acts is Luke, we know that, and so he he describes um Stephen's face um as that of an angel in this, and so what does this all mean, okay? it could have been it could have been I mean that right there as they looked at stephen they were seeing a supernatural occurrence similar to that of moses in exodus you remember that when it says that moses's face shone, um, um was radiant after he had spent time with god on the mountain And so it could have been a supernatural occurrence, okay? We're not entirely sure what this is. It could have been like Moses, we don't know. Or it could simply be a figure of speech to describe uh, Stephen's countenance. I love what N.T. Wright says about this. He says this, um, perhaps what we are meant to understand is that there was a kind of light illuminating Stephen from the inside. A kind of sincerity, humble and honest, tentatious That's a big word. Only N.T. Wright does that. But confident and assured. In the middle of arguments, controversies, false accusations and now a serious charge before the highest court. He found himself standing, as the temple claimed to stand, at the overlap of heaven and of earth. In the face of a serious charge, in the face of a position, Stephen, Stephen's face is described um, as that of an angel. This is another fascinating story from the life of the early church. The story of Stephen is not over yet. Next week, we're going to take a look at how Stephen responded um, to the council. It's gonna be part two of Stephen's life. But before then, I want us to explore several things from this story of Stephen's arrest and trial that we can relate to our life in this cultural moment. First, and if you're making notes, You can make notes on this First, opposition and persecution will never stop Opposition and persecution will never stop We will repeatedly face hostility as a church Today's story began um, when the church was thriving and doing well Stephen was one of the most promising leaders in the church But in the midst of all of this excitement and growth They faced opposition Stephen was arrested Stephen was interrogated And the thing is What's interesting about this In the short time the church has been alive They have already faced this kind of opposition And if you've been with us in Acts Or if you know the book of Acts Um, There's been just constant opposition In fact, Stephen's arrest and trial Was the third incident of determined opposition Against the church What does this tell us? Kings Cross Church We must expect repeated opposition and resistance As we seek to be a church on mission with Jesus Deciding to follow Jesus and and I'm talking to myself and I'm talking to you deciding to follow Jesus It's not going to mean you're just going to have a cushy life and everything's going to be comfortable Deciding to follow Jesus Will mean you will experience opposition and you will experience challenges in so many ways It will never stop Okay Just when I mean And I was thinking about this And I was like Man It it, it, it feels like When things are going well When there's there's excitement And things are going well The church experienced opposition And, and I would say That is true of our church um, If you look at our brief history We've been alive For two and a half years years now um every year we encounter you know seven weeks we our church was launched march 8th was it march 8th no that's my wedding anniversary march 4th um, 2018 okay and seven weeks later um we encountered some challenges major challenges and for you guys that have been here from the beginning you you know it um we were excited god was moving we had launched and seven weeks later we experienced a challenge um uh, like like I, and I'm still i am still recovering from what we went through in 2018 as a church um and it just hasn't stopped it wasn't like oh we experienced that then and we're done with the opposition and challenges no like You know, the the months and the years that have followed, we've encountered challenges as a church. It will never stop. The second thing we learn from this story is that the gospel has and will always be offensive. Let me say that again. The The gospel has and will always be offensive. Even though the gospel is supposed to be good news, Not everyone's going to (laughs) hear that it's good news. Some people will hear the gospel, the good news of the gospel, and it will be translated into bad news for them. Okay? Bad news. It's interesting how Stephen got in a lot of trouble simply by preaching the gospel, the good news of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. But as we found out, Stephen was opposed because the gospel was against what was widely believed as the truth and because of this it was offensive to a lot of people back then including religious authorities and so in the same way the same gospel we believe king's cross family the same gospel we strive to live by the same gospel we proclaim will cause offense it will be offensive the beliefs of our culture the values of our society the convictions of our world are becoming more and more adverse to the gospel for example our culture insists that joy comes from self-care and self-improvement strategies but the gospel says that ultimate joy comes from rooting your identity in who God says you are and what he has done for you in Jesus. Another example, our world believes that all roads lead to God. You've heard that before. All roads lead to God. Doesn't matter what religion you're part of, doesn't matter who you believe in, you're going to get to God at the end of the day. But the gospel proclaims that the only way a person can be reconciled to God Is only by faith in Jesus Christ. The systems of our world are set up in a way to disadvantage and silence and oppress one ethnicity and promote another ethnicity. But the gospel declares that all peoples deserve to be treated equally because all peoples are made in the image of God. This cultural moment promotes the gospel of self-fulfillment, which is put yourself and your desires first. But the gospel of Jesus Christ invites us to be selfless, invites us to selfless living, which is to consider others and serve other people. And as soon as we're born, we're conditioned to put our hope in the things of this world. We're conditioned to put our hopes in our education, our academic achievements, on on money, on people. But the gospel teaches us to place our hope firmly in the gospel of Jesus Christ who conquered death so that we may have eternal life. The convictions of our current culture are becoming more and more adverse to the gospel that we believe and live by. And because of this, we will, as a church, okay, as a people, as disciples of Jesus, because of this, we will become more and more offensive to our culture. Why? Ultimately, it's because of this. Look, look at, you know, Eric Raymond says, because it unseats self from the throne of the heart and establishes God as king. That is why the gospel is offensive. It takes us out of the picture, okay, and puts the spotlight on God as king. Lastly, this is what this teaches us it teaches us that um, what happened to Jesus um, is likely to happen to us. Studying the life of Jesus can be so exciting because we we look at his life and many of the things he did and realize that by God's spirit we can do what Jesus did, and much more, if you don't believe me, look back at Acts. Have you seen some of the things a church has been able to achieve and outside of acts in church history like God has worked powerfully in through um in and through his people he absolutely has but Let me also remind you of what Jesus said in John 14 verse 12. Truly, truly, Jesus says, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. Did you just read that? I think we read stuff like that and we're like, "Eh, it doesn't really mean that. And we start to kind of rationalize it and everything. But Jesus is saying to his disciples. "Okay, that truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Whoever believes in me. And so he's talking to his disciples right now and he's not saying if you believe. No, he's saying whoever believes in me. Will also do the works that I do and not only that and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. As disciples of Jesus our goal in life is to model all of our life after Jesus. That is to allow his life to be lived through our life and as we do this John 14 is telling us that we'll be able to do the works that Jesus did. And not only that, we're going to do greater works. And this is exciting, isn't it? If you're not excited right now where you are about the possibilities of God using us in powerful ways as a church collectively, you should. It's exciting. There are so many things to look forward to as disciples of Jesus. But there are other things we don't look forward to As disciples of Jesus Like the fact that We should expect to face The same challenges Jesus faced Now listen to me As we looked at the story of Stephen's trial And interrogation Did you know it's something familiar to you about this story, did did Stephen's story remind you of another story in the Bible? It should have. You should have noticed, and I'm sure most of you did that. Stephen's trial resembles; it's very similar to Jesus's trial before the council in Matthew 26 and Mark 14. Many. Of the same false accusations brought against Stephen were leveled against Jesus. Very similar. Note it down. Matthew 28 6 and Mark 14. Go and read it. You're going to read it and you're going to be like, wow, it's so similar to what's happening here with Stephen. They treated Stephen how Jesus was treated. Because Stephen believed what Jesus believed. Jesus' life lived through our life does not only mean we'll do great works. But it also means we'll be hated in the same way Jesus was hated. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in John 15. Um, John 15 starting from verse 18 you guys remember this Jesus says to us if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it hated you if you were of the world the world would love you as its own but because you are not of the world but I chose you out of the world therefore the world hates you Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. This is a sobering thought this is something that we need to reflect on um often that what jesus did absolutely we can do but how jesus was treated we will be treated to and, and, and so when you read this you don't think on the individual level think as the church as a whole okay because jesus is not talking to one person Or individuals but Jesus is talking to the church but within the church because the church is made up of individuals we all will encounter challenges we all will encounter opposition and persecution whether it's church the church universally if you think of the church universal church there are church I mean our brothers and sisters around the world as we sit in our homes um, as we're on zoom meeting many of our brothers and sisters around the world are being persecuted right now some of them are standing before um, authorities um, some of them have been uh, accused wrongfully of saying false things and some of them have been accused of blasphemy Why? Because they're preaching the gospel. They are preaching um, um, the, the truth that Jesus is the only way. And so we've got to do well to remember our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted and suffering for being faithful to Jesus Christ. And we will experience challenges. Even in the West persecution opposition looks different from all of us but as we faithfully preach the gospel the good news of what jesus has done for us know that it's gonna sound like bad news to some people it will offend people but when they're offended but when they Level, um, um, you know, when 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 they give us a hard time, um, what we're confident of is that Jesus will not only um, be with us, but He will empower us to respond. And it's so simple. These truths are so simple and so obvious. But let's pray that they will become a reality when we actually face challenges. Some of you are facing challenges because of Jesus. I I don't know what your challenges are. I don't know. But know that God has promised that he'll never leave you or forsake you. And no matter what you're facing, he will enable you To respond in the most supernatural way And he helped Stephen do that He helped Stephen win those debates easily And even in the face of being accused of blasphemy Stephen wasn't anxious He wasn't fearful Um, It says that his face was like the face of an angel Which I believe to mean that um, it's a figure of speech for, for for him just having this peace and confidence um, Even when faced with these challenges And so we're praying We will pray that God would help us as a church As a people um, To respond like Stephen Let's pray God thank you for your word There's so much So much to say So much to ponder So much to think about But the message is clear Um, You are with us um, You will work powerfully through us But Because we identify with you Because you are our Lord And our master And our king um, We will encounter opposition And persecution But when we do Um, May we be confident knowing that you will help us respond in a way that is not fearful or anxious, but in a supernatural way of peace and confidence. Um, And so God help us as we sing these songs, God, may they not just be songs that we sing, but may they be truths that change our life. In Jesus name.